Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now. And I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda, encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. It is time to begin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's an unusual show because part one, Chris Cluey uh, came in to talk about several things. We got to a lot of subjects. Vince Flynn showed up uh, at the end of that show, so that was great. So now this is Vince's uh, Vince's show, but Chris Cluey's agreed to stay for a few minutes to be on the beginning of that. <laughs> I just think it's, it, it's fascinating that you guys have never run into one another. But you you don't really get out that much, do you? No, no. I'm pretty much on my couch or I'm practicing at the uh, facility. <laughs> I, and I don't get out much more anymore. You don't anymore either. Especially since my diagnosis. It's just... I don't either. It's uh, there's certain things I don't I can't I don't eat red meat anymore. I try to eat organic and right. uh, healthier and... There's not a lot of restaurants in town that can accommodate that. We should uh, let everyone know that you're doing extremely well. PSA zero. Uh, my last scans looked great. Said uh, really had gone from a year ago, uh, not even really. I was limping horribly. I was in a lot of pain. Um, now I feel fantastic. It was an interesting thing because when when the diagnosis came down, Vince and I talked quite a bit, and I said to him, yeah, because we're very good friends. I said to him. I'm going to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. He goes, <laughs> and I remember you said, I, you said, you're probably the only guy that understands that's what I need. Yeah. 
You yeah. really don't. There, there's a. It, everybody handles it differently. You know, some people need it. Some people mm-hmm. will curl up in a ball and say, "Why is me? You know, why, why me? God, what did you know? Why are you being a jerk?" Uh, that thought never crossed my mind. It was just. I've been a. I've led a very blessed life. I got a great wife, great career, great kids, and mm-hmm. it, and it happened. Your choice is then, you know, it's Chris, it's a little bit like being down you know, 14 points at halftime. And, you know, some clown walks in the locker room and says, we're fucked. You know? <laughs> that's, that's not yeah. the way you handle yeah, that. Not, not good. No, you know, you, you, no, uh, you got to just kind of knuckle down and uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, uh, and you got to fight for it. Yep. And my doctors down, you know, Bill Utes here in town and Eugene Kwan down at the Mayo Clinic have all said they're, they're patients that stay positive, live. And the ones that just throw up their arms and say this sucks, they tend to not do very well. That's what I understand, yeah. And some people want to be surrounded. Mm-hmm. I needed to just be there and get focused. Um, and you get sick of talking about it. That's the other yeah. thing about well, cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it becomes so about you. Yeah. And my life is enough about me with my job. No, no question. You know, you just, yeah. you don't, you get sick. <laughs> I do not understand how these politicians do it. Every yeah. time I go on tour, two, three days into it, I call my wife and I say, I am so fucking sick of hearing myself speak. <laughs> exactly. It is, I, I can't stand it. And I don't know how, you know, these guys are, when I go on tour for a month, those guys, it's that month times about five. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how you don't just absolutely jump off the stage one day and, and do a face plant. It, it becomes nauseating. i got to tell you something fascinating. But I was told this, and Chris has not told me that this is true, but uh, several people have told me it takes you uh, to read an average about 300, and, what's the average now, about 365 pages? Yeah, so I'd say 350. 350. Yeah. It takes you a half an hour to read that. No, book. that's way too quick. Probably like three hours. Three and a half hours. Three and a half. That's yeah. not what Hagen told me. Yeah, no, he, he was probably fabricating there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I read very quickly. I've always been able to, and it's yeah. uh, you know it's it's books are something I really enjoy. I, I really enjoy reading a lot because you know you you can learn a lot of different concepts and ideas from a lot of different people. Yeah, well, there's no question about that. I would so it basically would take him about. Uh, about 45 hours, about a work week to read your your library. The entire library, or I thought where you were going with that is it would take him 15 minutes to read the third option. <laughs> the third option. <laughs> it would take you about 15 minutes to read that. Hey, I have a question for Chris, because usually you like, to, you like to lull me to sleep when I'm on live. And then uh, announce that a guest. On you. Yeah, you know, I'll sit there in the studio for two hours reading the newspaper, and all of a sudden, hey, we come back for the next break. Vince Flynn's going to interview our next guest, and I'm like, "What? Oh, that's right. You did, you interview. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you interview? Yeah. Well, you did a great I job. Can't even, no, I, I did the. I, I did it just kind of to make you laugh. But my first question was, "So, where'd you go to high school? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was your major? <laughs> what parish are you from?" Uh, uh, but I got a question. You're a special mm-hmm. teams guy. Yep. I uh, great game on Sunday against Detroit. Thank you. When you uh, being a special teams guy, do you do you cringe for the uh, for the mm. Lions mm. special teams coach? Are you sitting there going, "This yeah. guy might be out of a job by five o'clock tonight"? Yeah, it's 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 tough because on the one hand, we're really excited that you know obviously we're scoring points and helping the team win. But on yep. the other hand, I've been on that side of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had quite a few run-ins with Devin Hester over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I know how you are. Feels. You are a big part of Devin's oh, yeah. highlight reel. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm so glad I could come into the league with the best returner of all 
top. Of all of them, yeah. In the same division. Yeah, in the same division. Thanks. Thanks for that. Oh. But yeah, no, it, it, it sucks because we're all out there, you know, trying to do our job to the best of our ability. And sometimes it it just doesn't work out. It's, it's just, you know, no matter what you game plan, no matter what you tell guys, you know, sometimes either guys miss their assignments or the other team just outplays you. Executes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you know, I think that's one thing fans sometimes forget is that everyone on the field is trying to win the game, not just your team. It's, yeah. You know, both sides right. are doing their best to try and win. So. No. Okay, so I haven't even met your wife, and she's going to hate me. So you better, you better get going. <laughs> All right. You well, have, can please come back very soon. Oh yeah, yeah. Fascinating subject. Yeah, whenever you want. Oh god, it's it's the greatest, and and you'll you'll get there in time to give them back to the airport, won't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got time. Oh, so, good. We, their flight's not to like two fifty-five, so I made sure I, I built in some buffer room. Because <laughs> you knew I'd do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always better to be safe than sorry. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. So, well, cool. Thank you for having me, guys. I thank appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. I'll give you a quick call. Drive carefully. Don't speed. Okay. I'll I'll try not to. It's it's one hundred and ten is the bad one, right? That's yeah. One hundred and ten. That's they call it the Adrian Peters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very good. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Cluey, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, talking about several different subjects. We've never done this. Well, I think we did it one other time with Louis Anderson and uh, Wendy Wendy Liebman, where one interview kind of bled over into the other. Well, they were just both at the same interview. It was technically <coughs> Louis. Well, that was the whole but, time. Yeah, Wendy was there too. Oh, the really? whole thing. Yeah, but, uh, it just turns out to be a lot of fun going on that way. Chris is leaving the building now, so Vince, Thomas. Oh, oh, Catherine, had you move over? So she's sitting in her spot. I don't think I've heard Tony speak in about uh, half an hour. Is he even there anymore? Tony. Yeah, he had to leave. Oh, he did? Oh, well. Tony went to the restroom. Uh, he said he that did. he wasn't going to be here for the uh, second interview. Oh, he's so not going to be for I the second interview? I think he just interview. dropped. All right. Oh, that, well. I wish I would have known he was going to do that. All right, so I had kind of a cool deal. Listen, they're talking. He's <laughs> out there schmoozing. You had, you had a what? I, I'm on the way over here, and yeah. my uh, my publicist from New York, David Brown, calls. Who's a great guy. He says, "What are you doing?" We're trying to get ready for interviews for the release in November, and he says, uh, "I told him. I said I'm going over to Tommy B's house for the podcast." And this guy's in New York, mm-hmm. and this shows your reach. He says, "You know what? He's one of the top rated downloads." on uh, iTunes right now. He knew that? He knew all about it. Jesus, that's odd. So <laughs> he said to me, all right, do me a favor. He said, you got to announce on the podcast that if you go to VinceFlynn.com, we're going to give away an advance reader's copy of The Last Man every Friday from now until the book pubs on November 13th. Jesus. Oh, my God, your Twitter fans are going to go crazy. So you get a sneak peek. I put uh, the fact that you were going to be interviewed this week on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You got There's two sites. There's... Vince Flynn books, right? And uh, Vince Flynn fans. Vince Flynn fans, and they are all very excited about the fact that you're going to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Everybody on Twitter and Facebook. well, this is the best format. It is a great format. It you is. know, as, as Tom and I have long joked, there's a certain radio station in town that uh, should be taught in every communication school across the country of how to take a flagship AM radio station and drive it into the ditch. Yeah, God, isn't that the truth? <laughs> And one of the ways to do it is is ignore how the landscape changes. Right. And then decide that you're going to do, is the traffic on the eights or nines now? Eights. Every eight minutes. And, uh, you know, Dave Lee is a lot of great people who I've known over the years. They're fantastic. Great guy. 
it is so hard to do an interview when your your window to talk is three to four minutes and then you have to stop for eight minutes of commercials and then you start again in yeah. three to four minutes and it's not so I, you know there are a lot of good people over there it's just it's a really difficult format to to conduct it any is. meaningful type of interview yeah this is the I, the fact that you know in radio the, the people would not understand if all of a sudden you, you, we're interviewing Craig uh, we're interviewing Chris Cluey. And then all of a sudden, Vince Flynn shows up. And instead of going, oh, well, we got to cut this segment now and we'll go to commercial and then we'll be back with Vince Flynn. It's just you you just literally wa- walked into the room, sat yeah. down, and started bullshitting with Chris Cluey, who turns out is just a great guy. Very nice guy. Now, I know you, you, since you, this guy was one of your personal idols, it's very similar to the old Charlie Rose show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For your listeners who don't, who maybe don't understand this part of Tom, Tom does not like smug, arrogant people. I do not. <laughs> it's true. I'm not very, very. I don't do well on the smug, arrogant people no. deal. And, and Chris is not that at all. No, no, He's no. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. But uh, what, what's the name of the new book? The Last Man. The Last Man. Pubs on November thirteenth. 45 days, according to Twitter, right? Yeah, readers <laughs> readers are a little confused uh, because normally I pub in the middle of October. That's what I thought. Oh. Last year, we actually had to bump it to February uh, because my cancer really yeah. flared up. And I started, I w- I started uh, radiation last August, beginning of August. And I had to, st- I-, I couldn't meet the deadline. Right. So we moved to That's February, and uh, sales were great. You know, the publisher was surprised because they kind of think of that as a dead zone time of the year for publishing. But with, they wanted to get back on the fall schedule this year, so we we were going to pub the middle of October, and then um, found out that Grisham was coming out on with a, a book in the fall for the first time on the same day. Oh. And. Um, you know, we're selling well, but he's still, you know, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Right. And we started talking to David Brown, who heads publicity, and we are just saying, you know what? Nobody is going to be talking about anything other than the election for all of October. Yeah, that's very true. So let's move it to the week after, and, and we think it was a good move. I think it is, too. Well, I get back from Vegas then, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're always... <laughs> You're always in such a good mood when you go back and take it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's finally true. come to terms with that, maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. So, will, really? so <laughs> maybe. The, the problem that I see there, and the only problem I see there is, uh, yeah, you're going to be on the road pretty much surrounding Thanksgiving, aren't you? No. Uh, you're not going to do it? I'm not going to tour. Uh, I didn't tour last uh, last book either. Um Part, a lot of it is my immune system with the cancer. I've got to be right. careful about you know how much interaction I have and uh, try to keep that as juiced as possible. And that there is this will be the fourteenth book, and there is not the previous thirteen, well, twelve tours because I didn't tour last time. I, I got deathly ill on every tour. Yeah, I'd finish the tour and come home and basically collapse, if not kind of collapse midway through it. Um, you just you know you're. Your day typically goes like this. You wake up at 5 in the morning, you pack, you jump in a car to the airport, you land in another city, you go to a morning radio station, maybe TV. Right. You run around and do a bunch of events during the day, um, and then you got a signing at night. And, you know, thank God the events were getting so big. I'd show up at 6 to do pre-signs, hit the stage at 7, talk for about 45 minutes, and I wouldn't get out of there till 10, 10, 30, oh, 11 God. o'clock. Yeah. Back to the hotel, you're trying to eat, pack, get up at 5 the next morning. Well, you're not eating well. You can't exercise. The other thing, you know, it really, the cancer woke me up to the fact that I I couldn't eat at airports anymore, unless it was fruit. 
Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, the stuff is so filled with preservatives, it's and it's just, and you feel that crap. So your immune system gets beat down. You're on airplanes. You're in hotel rooms. You're shaking thousands of hands. I don't, again, oh, yeah. I don't know oh, how God. these politicians do it. I, I have know. no idea. Some people love attention. Andy, well, do me a favor. They, I think yeah. you're right. You dial that 203 number on there. Why? Why somebody me? wants to say hello. Catherine, I think you're 100% right. <laughs> Which one? The 203 number. It's about the oh. fifth one down. Oh, you want me to dial it on? Oh, okay. On the show, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought you meant that. on your oh, cell oh. phone. I was like, oh, why? I, that's yeah. what I was just doing. I was just dialing phone. it for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a very good. I didn't even realize. Well, I, you know, back when the show first started, 27 years ago, with Mark Rosen, uh, and it was just this huge thing. And I remember we went to a baseball game together, and people lined up to shake our hands for like yeah. an hour and a half. And I'll never forget it was because it's the first time it ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, before then I was just you know doing whatever. But I remember after I was done, I looked down at my hand, and my hand was bleeding. So that's what it looked like. Now it turned out. It was somebody else's blood. Yeah. Oh, and if you know Tom, he instantly ran to the you know <laughs> CDC and said, I've got AIDS. Oh, I know it. <laughs> he's, 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 he's the worst. Yeah. Hi, is, hi, is Mitch there? Is Mitch. Mitch, uh, this is the Tom Bernard podcast. Or there's a, <laughs> a special guest we have on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Dolan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Vince Flynn. Is with us, Mitch. Uh, we, we are on the podcast, so you're going to become like internationally famous. Now. Well, that's very exciting. I am. Uh, firstly, Catherine, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> did Tom tell you about our conversation? No, he did not. Where my this... big recommendation was more pictures of Catherine on the uh, on the podcast page. <laughs> no, he did not. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh. And the, uh, Vince, uh, I might have mentioned the same thing about Lisa. So. <laughs> I'm not saying it's appropriate, but it's what came to mind. Mitch, how's your reindeer sweater doing? That was the last time I saw you. Well, I have added to the uh, I have added to the collection. It's uh, it's very strong. I have a snowman. I have a Santa. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today 
or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. We had a conversation last night. Mitch Dolan, by the way, to introduce him, was the uh, well, you're, you're the president of ABC Radio. Well, that was your title? Uh, yeah, actually was. Mitch was my boss, and he is, uh, and I can say this, and if somebody hears it and doesn't like it, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, there it is. There you go. He, Mitch is, I wish to this day that Mitch Dolan was still my boss, because you, you were the greatest guy to work for in history. You know, it's not like uh, I'm dead or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just let Tom do whatever he wanted. That was oh always the best way to handle yeah, that's, it. Yeah, what, that, that's the uh, you know that's sort of the uh, mechanism. Just oh. agree with Tom and uh, and say yes. And How do you smart think I stayed married all these smart years? Smart managers get out of the way, right? Yeah, Mitch? yeah there you go. You know when to get out of the way. Pretty what? similar to uh, you know the marriage strategy. How many guys? How many years have you guys been married now? Twenty-seven. Seems uh, like we, yesterday. Guys actually was asking Catherine that to see if she came up with the number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, well, she probably wouldn't. 16. So last night, by coincidence, you know, Vince is going to come in and do the podcast uh, this morning. So I'm falling asleep in a chair. I had, I had actually fallen asleep in a chair, and the phone rang, and I answered it. It's Mitch. And Mitch and I have not spoken, what, it's been 14 months now, I think? I think it was the 4th of July, 2011. Too long. You irritated it was him. way too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I what? Because you irritated him. Because I irritated him. <laughs> so I said, so, fall asleep in the chair, though. That's uh, similar to what the listeners of your podcast are doing right hey. now. Oh, here we go. Why did you call him? <laughs> so anyway, because he wanted to say hello to Vince. But <laughs> Mitch and I started talking about that, that Christmas dinner we had. Oh, it was a riot. There were about oh, 10 of us. Yes. It was Mitch and Fran, of course, hosting the thing. Just a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, dinner set up. Drank some great wine. And so it was... Uh, Mitch and Fran, Vince and Lisa, Catherine and me, Brian Williams. Who was smashed. <laughs> oh, wait, that's right. He doesn't drink. Yeah, that's Brian right. Williams doesn't drink, but other than that. His <laughs> lovely wife. Yeah, yeah. Jane. Yeah. Jane, she's really yeah, nice. Jane. We talked about Jane last night, as a matter of fact. And then Mitch got and the guitar out, and you started singing. We, still, we, we drank some really great wine, had yeah. wonderful food. We got the yeah. guitar out and started singing. All the one wrong the great, words. The only problem was there was one. What did I refer to him last night as again? I can't remember what it, what it, the other guy that was there. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck our old, uh, our old what? Chairman uh, from from Citadel. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, him. You know when the the guitar. <laughs> one of the great things about uh, you guys is that you have, uh, you know, the guitar coming out and the stupid Beatles and Eagles songs. You have not heard all those, you know, so many, you know, dozens and, and hundreds of times, like my family and friends around here, who usually just run for the the yeah. the, the exits when the. Uh, when that starts happening, so that was uh, you know that was greatly appreciated. Was and words, Catherine, you know who, who cares? About <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, who cares about? Spoken like a true guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> she never knows. But I, I never know anyway. I reminded Mitch last night. He's sitting at the head of the table. It was in his house, so he's sitting where he's supposed to be at the head of the table. And he said, looking around the room at all all the women, he said, "I feel like I fell asleep and woke up on Planet Babe." <laughs> Yeah, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Alex, um, our daughter Alex, who you met last Fourth of July, as a matter of fact, it does sound cheesy when you know when it's told that way. It was really in the it was cute context. then. It was, it was absolutely appropriate, it but was slightly cute. perverted. <laughs> slightly perverted. Al, by the way, Mitch, Alex is here too. You met Alex. Alex, at, how you doing? At Good, the how are you doing? That's a spectacular last Boy. year. Wow, this is. Uh, 
It's like the cast of Godspell. This is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna get out of the way. So Vince, I am. Uh, I am just waiting for November 13th. Well, I think I, uh, I I think we might be able to slide you a copy beforehand. Well, that you know, I would not. Uh, I would not be so overt as to. You know, can you help that, facilitate that, Tommy? Yes, I can. You know what? Listen to Mitch being all humble. Uh, and we'll, you know, maybe when we get off the uh, the podcast here, Vince, we'll talk about how, uh, in pursuit of honor, you know, you name just about everybody else that you, you know at the radio stations in New York, except you know, your old buddy. Except for your old buddy. Hey, Bernie yeah, McGurk yeah, got killed in the last book. <laughs> Mitch, uh, oh, there's the, uh, no more rooms for any more Mitches in that book, I guess. <laughs> well, we we can we could just go around telling everybody that he was named after you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I love about this is Vince is nice enough to say, hey, we can get you an advanced copy, and, and Mitch Dolan, yeah, I, well, I wouldn't go so far as... I, when we showed up at Mitch's house that night, he had about 600 fucking books <laughs> stacked up for Vince to, to autograph. To how many How many yeah. books was that, actually? Well, yeah, we had a, had a few Fine. of them. I mean, it's a, it's, that's a big deal. I mean, it, uh, the I don't know if you know this, Tom, but uh, he's, a, he's a fairly uh, successful and popular uh, popular author. Just that's what I understand. Really? That out there. <laughs> that's what I understand. Kind of you to say, Mitch. Well, it's all true. Mitch, say hello to Franny. And everybody else, tell tell Brian next time. We'll call him next time on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know that's uh, well. Uh, he starts uh, he starts working on nightly about uh, you know about five forty five. So uh, for six thirty broadcast, so he's not even up yet. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon, right, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye, Mitch. Bye, Mitch. One of the great guys. Seriously. I, and he is a great guy. There's, I mean, there's no reason for me to bullshit anybody. I loved working for he him. He was, I, I got a chance to, <clears throat> first time I met him, we were at Jack's Cafe uh, having dinner, celebrating one of your new contracts, I think. Yeah. Just fantastic yeah. guy. And then I got to see him in New York every so often. I'd go into town and that dinner up in Connecticut was just an absolute riot. That was an amazing dinner. That was, was one of my fun. favorite, favorite dinners of all time. Yeah, got what it. was that? What was the guy's name? The uh, Wahid, what was the uh, Farid? Farid, that's uh, it. <coughs> yeah, our favorite fella <laughs> walked away for with thirty six million dollars, from what I understand, from the bankruptcy. Isn't that nice? Isn't that how just does that wonderful? work? So a year and a half later, he walked away with yeah, that much money. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That was an amazing situation. But uh, I don't. But Mitch is a huge fan of Vince. Not only a friend, but a huge fan of Vince's. So, when you I mentioned you were going to be on movie today. coming, is, what? Oh, is going on. Well, hopefully we have a movie coming out. Um, Bruce Willis agreed a month ago to play Stan Hurley in American Assassin, oh. and that's Mitch Wonderful. Rapp's mentor. Wonderful. Well, if I get an email yesterday, forwarded from my agent in New York, from the agent in L.A. saying it's not done, they're still countering. CA wants more money. Blah blah blah. So we thought it was done, but. And I think it still probably is. He wants to do it. CBS Films really wants him to do it. Um, but they won't start shooting until next August because his schedule is so busy. Oh, really? But he's a per- When I wrote that character, Stan Hurley, I mean, he appears in some other books, but when I wrote the young Stan Hurley, which, you know, he's in his mid-40s, I wrote it thinking of, of Bruce. Oh, you did? I, I, I kept thinking I wanted to take Bruce Willis... And then kind of give him uh, Don Imus's, you know, crabby attitude about life. <laughs> and and uh, he's one of my favorite characters I've ever written because he, he, he's a guy who's had so much success 
that he thinks basically everybody who is younger than him is an abject moron. And a lot of the people who are older than him are abject morons. Oh. And, and so he, and, and he has, he does not have the attention, he has the attention span of a gnat, not because he can't focus, but because he can't tolerate imbeciles. And he just wants people to understand that his way is the right way, and I've done this a hundred times, so just stop asking stupid questions and do what I tell you to do. Right. And it's kind of it was liberating to write that character because, yeah. uh, you know, these books are supposed to, you know, to a certain degree, be escapism. Right. And um, a lot of people read these books because they would like to talk to their boss someday like that. Absolutely. They would like to stand up in a conference room and say <laughs> to somebody from the Justice Department, you are a fucking moron. <laughs> and I hate your guts and I hope you die. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Oh, man. Because so, I heard Matt Damon was going to. Did, was there, there was some discussion was of that. Discussion. I never took it seriously because he did Jason Bourne. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, and, what I was wondering. And, you know, we, we keep dancing around this issue of uh, you can deviate from the book. You have to. To a certain degree, you have to because if you tried to take American Assassin and film the whole thing, it'd be a 10-hour movie. So right. you got to cut a lot of stuff. Where I think uh, filmmakers blow it is when they deviate from kind of the core of the character. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 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 Lee Child is a good friend, and the Jack Reacher s- series is, is fantastic. And, and Jack Reacher is a six foot five uh, badass military former military policeman. Well, they cast Tom Cruise to play him, and Tom's mm. five eight. Yeah, yeah. That and work. and I like Tom Cruise as an actor, but I don't know how he's going to pull it off. Now, the Mitch Rapp deal, Mitch Rapp looks a certain way because if you're going to go undercover in the Middle East, you can't have blonde hair and blue eyes. Right. So the first mention of Matt Damon, I'm like, that doesn't work. No. You know, how can he walk around, you know, Riyadh? Well, you can try to do some of the makeup. But I also, I've always felt um, that we're going to end up with an Australian or a Kiwi Hmm. because they don't give a crap. Uh, a lot of American actors come with a political agenda. Okay. Yeah, they yes. do. That. And, and we're sick of it. Yes, and we are sick of it. <laughs> no, you know what? I know. I'm so I, I, sick I, of it. Who was Shut it? Just up. a couple of weeks oh, ago, God. somebody opened their mouth. <laughs> and Lisa and I were watching TV, and another actor opened their mouth and shot it off. And we looked at each other and said, well, I guess we're not going to be watching any of their movies anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it's, well, the guy, the guy uh, uh, Game of Thrones. He, he gained some success in the second season. All of a sudden, he has to tell us what his political views are. I haven't watched. Oh, an you mean the since. director? Yeah, the director. Yeah, I did the George Bush's head on a what spit an or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he went after that. He then came out publicly said, "Oh, here's how I feel." It's like, come on, I'd like to enjoy something. Could you just shut up? Yeah, but you're right. If you watch independent film or European, uh, like British films. You just don't get that. You no, don't the Brits don't do it. The Kiwis don't do it. The, the New Zealanders, uh, I mean, the, the Kiwis and the Aussies don't do it. But American actors, there's some goofy deal where they all feel like they've got to put their heart on their sleeve right. and tell everybody right. about every left-wing cause they care about. Um, you know, it's Samuel, it was Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. I, yeah and I yeah. was just, I, I love that guy. I mean, I, Pulp Fiction, yeah, he he's great. fantastic. No he he does it, and Lisa, we're just crushed. Pulp Fiction is one of our favorite movies. I think right. Quentin Tarantino is an absolute yeah. genius. Right. Um, and uh, he does that, and you're like, why Why did you have to do that, Samuel? I, I don't want to watch another movie of yours now because you shoot your mouth off like this. I know. Just because you can pretend you're somebody else doesn't mean that you know everything about the world. Hoping people are going to drown in the Gulf of Mexico. I well, that. So, yeah. here's the other yeah. thing. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it if, let's say, 
one out of every 10 actually was a libertarian or a conservative, but yeah. they're all left wing. That takes no courage. When you work in a town where everybody has the exact same opinion about these 10 hot button left wing issues, it doesn't, there's no courage yeah, you don't have involved. To speak. You don't even have to speak. We know. Oh, it's really brave <laughs> to stand up in Hollywood and say, you know, I'm for gay marriage. Oh, you are so courageous. Are you serious? <laughs> Come on. Now, you didn't like my Timothy Oliphant idea, huh? I always thought he'd be a no. It's still being discussed. He's wonderful. First of all, Justified is our favorite show on television. Phenomenal! It's it is so good. Great. Uh, Even my wife loves it. Yeah, it is good. It's a great show. But he uh, the problem now. So we went back and did American Assassin. Originally, it was going to be rap in his mid-30s, and now it's rap in his mid-20s. Oh, okay. So he takes a whole you know cast of uh, actors and just removes them from the table. Right. God, who are you going to get? Russell Crowe. He's too old. old, We need somebody in in their mid-20s. And I do think it's going to end up being, you know, one of these Hemsworth brothers, probably from down under. Somebody like that. Yeah. And with Bruce Willis to open it, you can take somebody who isn't as well-known, kind of mold them into the character. People forget Matt Damon, his career was not exactly red hot when he filmed the first Bourne movie. People did not think he was going to be able to pull out that role. And he did a phenomenal job. Oh, he did. There's no question that he did. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the new stuff, what, what's the guy's name? Jeremy Renner. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that new yeah, one. Not so good. You're still going to theaters? No. <laughs> I was going to say. Occasion. We, have net, we have Netflix and Voodoo. We get yeah, a, no. Same every thing. Every once in a while, get him to the Edina. Why do you have <laughs> Apple TV, don't you? We have Apple TV, yeah. and we also have Amazon Prime and right. Netflix, and uh, I'm right. about to tear it all out of the house because my lovely... 11-year-old daughter, who's the only person I've ever heard tell Tom Bernard off. She did. Uh, <laughs> she started yelling at me. <laughs> My daughter, Ingrid. Only she was, what, about seven at the time? Uh, five, maybe. Yeah, maybe She's five. a very determined little thing, and she uh, she is absolutely addicted to this stuff. You know, she's got her oh, iPad, she... so she gets on Netflix and yeah. just watches all. And you used to be able to send your kid to the room. You know, go to your bedroom. You think you had it handled? Yeah. Now you go in there and they got the iPad out and they're you know they're talk, they're live chatting with their buddies and you got to rip exactly. that thing out of there. And... I thought I was being clever when mom sent me to my room and I booted up the old Mac Classic too. <laughs> Four colors, all gray. Play Chopper Rescue or whatever. Oh no, that this was before that. This was like you know Reader Rabbit and uh, Notepad. That's about it. Well, but at least that was educational. Well, yeah, there's that. I did actually learn a good deal about uh, computers, just, you know, screwing around with that thing, breaking it a few times. Just by doing that. And then eventually mom was just like, you can have it. It doesn't work anymore. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. 
If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less. And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. You were not in the room when Vince uh, was talking about the fact he went to his publisher, and he he told him he was going to be on the podcast, and his yeah. publisher knew all about it. He said, "Oh, that's great. one of the top rated uh, podcasts on uh, on Apple We're iTunes." Cool, absolutely. We always knew it. Yeah. The, the one mistake that I I made right away though. Vince with this was giving Tom the numbers, the analytics, the oh username God. and password. He's obsessed. No. Shouldn't have done that. No. no. Never. <laughs> Why? You figure Tom, out it's like trend. day trading. You learned that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Give your I... mind to somebody else. Check it monthly, quarterly, <laughs> but never daily. There is a there was a reason for doing this at first six weeks because I picked up on a trend that somebody was screwing up. Right? Yes. Okay. Uh, a certain company was not reporting their data. A very were large they, were they overflating Latino homes in the uh, Twin City market? <laughs> they just uh, I'm bringing that up. It's a very famous company. It's a very famous company that does not like to share data with anyone. Maybe oh. you've heard of it. You know, and maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> Their name does not have anything to do with oranges. <laughs> exactly. It's this a situation. Like, He's trying to figure. Out. Okay, it's Mr. Espionage writer. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't get it either. Going citrus, lemon. Apples. <coughs> oh, apples. Oh. Got it. Um, oh. Just had to well, say it. No, the problem that we've had <laughs> yeah. is I've gotten, you know, a few dozen people say, I can't download your podcast after the 20th one. Because this company, I, for some reason, and we'll be able to find out what that is, won't we? Well, they don't like to share web stats in general, but we are, we're going to try to contact them. But they got to report our downloads. That's, that's yes. like, isn't that like 60% of our downloads comes well, out yes. of Apple Core? Yes, and... Apple Core, which is all all Apple iTunes, all iTunes Media, their huge benefit for this is you get somebody to go to Apple or to iTunes, and then they download a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, you want right. you want the site visits exactly. So they're not reporting our our, our downloads. It's like, well, that's nice. Not accurately. So everybody call Apple and complain. No, I don't want to make it even worse. Yeah, don't do that. But I, 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 call who? That's the other thing about yeah, Apple. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. That's exactly who right. Who do you Vince. call? Where's the 1 800 helpline? Yeah, you know? well, there's you usually some sort of sheet on Chris Cluey could write a letter. <laughs> he could write a letter. Listen, you cock monster. Does Chris like to write letters? Yes. Chris does like to write letters. It's all about the letter writing. He's mean editorial letters, or what do you mean? Well, the situation. He what was it as the city councilman again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maryland state delegate. There. there you go, Maryland state Somebody. delegate. One of those people. Uh, one of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if he's gay or not, but he he came out uh, supporting gay marriage. So this Maryland state delegate blasted the Baltimore Ravens player for doing that. And when Chris saw that, to defend his fellow NFLer, he wrote a letter to this state delegate. It was just he's called. Hey, let me just uh, point out one thing to you: if gay marriage. Uh, 
is allowed. It doesn't. It's not going to turn you into a lustful cockmonger. He <laughs> 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 actually wrote about. It's like, oh my god. No, he's a very, uh, very bright guy. Like I said, he uh, he aced his SATs. Yeah, I think I'd heard that. Pretty amazing. Pretty bright guy and a hell of a nice just man. Just the verbal. Just the verbal, by the just way. Just the verbal part. That's right. Because uh, he hadn't yeah. done math in three years, so he, he was too smart. Didn't get that part for math. What? No big deal. He's too smart. Think for of math. acing the verbal on the SAT and then and then spending that much time in an NFL clubhouse. I know. I was thinking that same thing. It's like, how could you exist? I know. How did he get into football? Really That's something hard. I wanted to ask him. He's just a real good time. kicker. Well, no, I know, but how? But was he one of these I mean, soccer players turned kickers? Yeah, I don't know. It's like he says he grew up reading a lot and doing video games and stuff. And Andy's into reading and video games. He's been since he's young, and you couldn't get him to walk onto a football. Well, he'd be a good punter. You don't have to play football. Can't well, my legs do make up eighty percent of my height. Clearly, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kicked weird. a sixty-yard field goal in high school. Actually, yeah. all, all yeah. his background and bio that I read, I mean, he was a hell of a field goal kicker. Is he a California kid. Yep, mm-hmm. he is. Indeed. He played football uh, varsity. So. I guess he's just good. pretty much been doing he it. He played football varsity. Varsity football. That'd be varsity football. <laughs> well, I mean, he played he played it in varsity. Yeah. He played for there UCLA, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> you guys. Yes, he did. <laughs> he played for UCLA. That's right. He, oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. In the Pac-10. Which is now the Pac-12. But he did. Which is now the Pac-12. That's an old. Now the Pac-12. Yeah, that's right. It's now the Pac-12. Vince, you went to St. Thomas Academy, didn't you? STA and UST. That's Woo! fantastic. Yep. Sister Other school. Hockey program. Katie. Everything else has come Woo! on quite a bit over the last few yeah, years. Yeah. You know, my stepson is a junior at STA. Um, That's crazy. They suffered a tough it's loss the other night. Hey, you uh, said he has a car. Geez. I was like, he's driving. <clears throat> he's what? six foot one, two oh five. No, 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 he's not. not. He's no. an absolute monster. What? Unbelievable. And they had to do a fitness test for uh, in military class yesterday. He did 23 pull-ups. Jesus. I can do that. He's a really so strong weak. kid. It's a ton. Um, wow. It's a great school. And the and the, the kids are doing well. The girls are a little too much estrogen at times in the house. Um, <laughs> yep. Who is around here? Oh, I you know, I could tell that I can, Oh, it points to be. <laughs> hey, we're on we're we're doing a podcast, so I can tell this story. Um a year ago I'm going through radiation and I couldn't make a trip to London that uh, Lisa was going to go over there with her best friend, Susie Fick. And uh, I said, I still want you to go. I'm feeling a lot better. I was about five weeks through radiation at that point, and I was tired, but the pain had gone away. So I said, go. Uh, So we booked a ticket, and about a week before she leaves, I'm hearing all these rumblings from Ingrid, between Lisa and Ingrid. So I said to Lisa, before you leave, you need to go to the store and get whatever it is that you girls need when this happens, because I just know, I just know you are going to, you're going to be in London and it's going to happen. Well, sure enough, oh, she no. goes to London, doesn't go to the store and Ingrid comes home from school and says, dad, the conversation I was really hoping I could avoid ever having with both of my daughters. No, Dad, she tells me the whole deal. I... When I get to heaven, I want to see this video of me standing in the Walgreens <laughs> feminine product aisle for oh at least 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Do you know how many options there are, Tom? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. It's ridiculous. It is insane. It's actually ridiculous. I had to buy yeah. shampoo the other day, and there was literally like 20 feet of just shampoo. <laughs> well, this was, you know, yeah. So uh, that was that was the highlight of my fall last year. No, I would admit. I remember, as a matter of fact, my, we had two everything. sisters. 
Just buy it all. Little uh, little variety uh, menagerie. Yeah, <laughs> variety pack, My yeah. two sisters, Bobby and Vicky, right? So I don't know how this had happened, but this is Vicky is I think twelve years old at the time, and somehow something got was broken in the bathroom, and there was a shard of glass in the tub that nobody picked up on, oh. right? So Vicky goes in to take a bath, slides into the tub, oh. and cuts her like derriere butt cheek. Mm-hmm. Butt. So <laughs> so she's yelling, "Bobby, Bobby, Bobby, come in here!" So she stands up, and there's blood running down her legs. And Bobby goes, "There comes a time, and every." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! There comes a time where every girl Just cuts the her conversation ass. She had. How are we doing That's on time? Hilarious. We're good. We're good. Okay, I just want to make sure we don't you know, hold you up because Chris Cluey came in. He was when we initially thought he did about a half hour. He's here about an hour and a half. <laughs> so we don't want to keep everybody too long. In any case, so. November 13th is, I thought it was your 15th book. Why did I think that? I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I, I know I it's know the 14th. Stupid, I, lose, I lose track of it sometimes, too. Yeah. I, the funny thing is now people are coming up to me and they're saying, you remember in such and such a book? When, and I'm like, oh, did I write yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't remember. And I, I, part, I, I don't know how much of it is the medication I'm on, which affects my memory a little bit. Years, and how much of it's God's my sake. age, you know, and how much well, it's, it's a lot of I'm also kind of a forward-looking person i don't i don't go back and read my books i had to go right. back and read um uh transfer of power a couple of years ago when i started the prequels because right. i needed okay. to kind of know what was going on and then i read uh pursuit of honor just about the first hundred pages because this book the last man is back to the here and now mm-hmm. so as i sat down and read those first hundred pages of pursuit of honor it, it brought everything back and i was like yeah yeah okay i remember all the stuff i sat down and wrote it but yeah, it's you know fourteen, working on the fifteenth. Um, I've always had twenty in my head for some reason. Oh really? So I'll go to at least twenty, and then beyond that, I don't know. I, I you know at what point do you turn into a punchline? You know what? Ah. At what point? Well, I'm just saying. You know, uh, <clears throat> like Dirk Pitt. People say you know. Clive Custer got a little long in the tooth, and you keep right, publishing the Dirk right. Pitt novels, and all of a sudden there's 30 Dirk Pitt novels, and, and all of a sudden he's 70. Yeah. And he's out there, you know. So you got to kind of be somewhat careful of well, it. Well, but how about Elmore Leonard? Well, Elmore, he changes a lot of characters. He does. That's, that's the key. What I love about Elmore is his, his heroes are always the least nasty of all the bad guys. His, yeah. his books are populated with a bunch of... Often scumbags. Like Get Shorty yes, is a great yes, example. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, perfect example. And then his hero is the one guy who actually has a moral compass. Yeah. And it's a great uh, – it's fun to write about bad characters, especially in, in, in the end when they get it. Right. I just think <laughs> – I know. That, I love that too. Yeah. It's like get him. <laughs> Elmore Kill Leonard, him. Unlike many – and maybe you could come up with several examples, but Elmore Leonard can write about inner city Detroit oh. and great westerns. Yeah, he does both. Brilliant. I think he just—I think he's just a uniquely gifted person who um, can is very visual, and he can put himself in a place and a time and describe it. His dialogue is always spot on. It is, yeah. Which you know, dialogue is often the thing that most writers can't get. Uh, they they just miss it. Um, Grisham's good at it. You you never read a Grisham novel and say to yourself, "Ooh, that didn't sound right." 
yeah. a lot of other authors you do that you read and you're like oh that's a flat line you know the editor should have caught it or somebody should and this, this is this is another writer reading especially when i'm in yeah, edi- that's true. when i'm in editing mode i have basically stopped reading when i that that last month because i just can't pick anything up without wanting to get a pen out and fix it or change it and now ladies and gentlemen i'm going to do to vince what i always do to vince <laughs> I'm going to get them all fired up. <laughs> How could the United States government hand the the citizens this line of bullshit that it was a movie that drove people to kill our ambassador to Libya when they knew all along it was, it was al-Qaeda who did it? And they had everybody fired up about some stupid-ass movie they knew all along that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So I can see the look in your eye that you might have an opinion about. <laughs> I, I'm trying to... Trying to kind of bite my tongue. I, you know, I'll take a slightly different tact. I think the media has become an absolute disgrace. No question. And if we ever, if we ever turn back from this abyss in twenty or thirty years, they will be teaching this in journalism class that the media just absolutely let this country down. They so have blindly, they they so badly want you know political correctness to be right. And they want to see the culmination of everything they've been taught for 30 years, that this guy is the answer. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are. It, it, none of that stuff matters. Talent is, is – it, it goes across all sections. Right. And some black people are very talented and some people aren't. Right. Uh, some white people it, – it, skin color doesn't matter. No, I but they somehow have it in their head that this guy uh, should get a pass. Because he's an African-American. That's my personal opinion. I, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that. Um, and, and the problem I have is if George Bush had done anything like what they just did in Benghazi, right. the media would be all over him. And here's the other thing. We would hear – the media would amplify the, the, the Harry Reeds and the Nancy Pelosi's and everybody on the Hill that would be demanding an immediate investigation – Right. Of how, how George Bush and his administration let this happen. What I find telling is I think probably the smartest person in the whole administration is Secretary of State Clinton. Yeah, well, I think typically. Probably, you know, I've got a new true. respect for her, and I don't know why. So ask yourself, this one, ask yourself this one question. In all the years we've been following politics, when have you ever seen – the ambassador to the United Nations go on all of the Sunday morning shows to answer questions. It never happens. Right. No. It's right. the Secretary of State or the National Security Advisor or the President's Chief of Staff, possibly the Vice President, and someone like that. So why did she end up on those? She ended up on those shows because Hillary said, "I'm not going on there because I know this is a bunch of crap. It's all bullshit. It's a lie. So we're going to send somebody else to go make that lie because I'm not. I'm running for president in four years." And I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot. Have you, she has removed herself so yeah. smartly from all of this. She's put herself at arm's length from the whole thing. I think she has, too. I just find it so disturbing that, that apparently they think that we're so stupid. Have you seen the film, The Innocence of... No. Oh, not. my God. It literally, the dialogue is overdubbed. So Because yeah. these actors who were in it didn't know yeah. they were in a movie that was supposed to be anti-Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't know, so they'd be like... You know, and I've used this line a few times now, but it, it's this bad. I was walking down the street with two girls. I mean, the overdubbing is <laughs> that horrible. bad, right? It's like the old Japanese uh, uh, yeah. movies that we watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Uh, you know Brian Callano? Brian's an actor. You'd know him if you saw Did you okay. see The Hangover? Yeah. Okay, he played the Indian pastor in, oh, yep, at the yep. chapel. Yep, that's Brian Callen. We're talking. We're talking about this, you know, very thing uh, with him, and he had the, the very same opinion. It's like, how could anybody be so stupid as to think? Because he he grew. He, he well, I don't know if he grew up there, but he lived part of his youth in the Middle East. Yep, all over the Middle East, and he said that's not how Muslims are. He said Muslims want to laugh and they want to go home to their family. They're not all these ultra-religious psychos that we see every day. So for the average Muslim in Libya or Egypt or go down the list, uh, to react to a stupid-ass film, they would know by watching the film the overdubbing was so horseshit. They'd go, this is ridiculous. You know, this would never have happened just by coincidence on September 11th. Yeah, I mean, no. Jesus. Well, there's a couple of things. I, I I always look at the uh, you know friends of mine who voted for President Obama who thought literally that all we had to do is elect this guy and all of our problems with the Muslim world would would vanish overnight. Yeah, they wanted and, to believe that. Yeah. And and I I was, I was like, really? You might want to do a little <laughs> reading. You might want to study Wahhabism. You might want to study right. uh, some of these other violent sects within Islam because. They're not going anywhere. If, if nothing else, no. they're going to pick upstream. Where I would disagree with your actor friend is um, we spend too much time in this country trying to constantly come to the defense of Islam. That's true. And say, oh, you know what? It's just it's a it's less than one percent. And the truth is, no, it isn't. 
If you read the polls, if you if you read the polls within the Muslim uh, communities around the world, they you will find you know seventy plus percent think homosexuality is an abomination. Forty plus percent yeah. think oh, that a homosexual they, should be stoned. They can to death. execute them. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> adultery. Your wife deserves do. to be beaten and stoned. It is not a it is not a religion of modernity. Now that's not to say that there aren't people within Islam that are modern and right, are peaceful. Right, right. But there is a problem when you sit there and you look at the last ten years. And you look at all of the violence that has been perpetrated by Muslims, mostly against other Muslims, by the way, Mm -hmm. because they're in this fight that they think that their strict, virulent strain of Islam is the only way. And the more we stand up and give Islam this blanket uh, apology or this uh, not an apology, but we stand up and we give this blanket. Oh, you know, not all Muslims are this way. We are doing a huge disservice to moderate Muslims. We need to defend them and condemn the violence. Right. Absolutely. And there's a real problem uh, when you can get thousands of people in uh, in Cairo to show up and start, you know, firebombing the U.S. Embassy. And, you know, our consulate in Benghazi is burned to the ground. Um, I'm sorry. Well, that's easy to do, though, because they've got a, a huge population of uneducated, unemployed, unemployed people that, that are st- I've always said waiting the, the for key a to the future of ever helping the Middle East out of this and um, helping Islam become more modern is women. The biggest problem they have over there is women have no say in what goes right, on. Right, exactly. And I, I liken it to this, Catherine. But once again, they're executed if they say anything. Well, they or are in certain quarters, or... but it's, it's getting better. But my point is this. Tom and I would be complete idiot moron losers if it wasn't for you and Lisa. If you guys didn't civilize us and tell us, hey, idiot, well, no, you cannot go to your friend's house and smoke cigars and drink four bottles of wine again tonight right. and then get up and play golf tomorrow. There's, there's other him. shit you've got to do. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Our, our, our wives, we help. I, I like, I'd like to think that men and women help each other become better people. It's not a it, that's not a crazy ultimately, thing. No, ultimately, that's what you, that's what we're yeah. here to you know. But in Islam, if the one if the one sex is silenced, think of the stupid They're stuff that guys silenced. do. Oh, God, It'd be yes. like the U.S. before 1920. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. I'm serious. I mean, you look at it and say, <clears throat> my, one of my great challenges is that I don't know how the hell we deal with it. I mean. We I, we have no chance of going over and changing the way they, agree. Th- they think or feel, and almost all of these, as you even write about, it's all Sniperville. Yep. It's not real war. It's not real combat. It's it's all sniper situations. I've had friends that have fought over there. Yep, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous for us to think that we can go over them and truly help them. Our only our only hope is um, the internet and satellites. It's the only way. Because right now you've also, got. What do you mean? Because the spread of information and and the and the intermersion yeah. of cultures. Because right now what you've got these people that stormed the embassy in Cairo and killed our ambassador in Benghazi, these are young violent men who have no female role models yeah. in their life who show up on Fridays at the mosque who get some crazy imam stands up and spews all this hatred and they run off and they go do this stuff. Well, the, the, the best way to combat that is to the spread of information, to get them to understand freedom a little better, to get them to understand that it is not okay to think that you need to exterminate all the Jews. 
or all the Coptic Christians. That's the other thing. No, you know, we don't talk about any of that in this country. They've been killing Coptic Christians left and right oh, yeah. in Egypt, yeah. all because they're Christians. Right. That's all. Um, and I and I think that that's that's our only hope because I agree. Being over there, and I write about it in the next book. Yeah, it's a no-win situation. Afghanistan is the most backward country on the planet. Right. Well, back to your the spread of information. Isn't it illegal to have unedited? Listen, Western thought it's illegal, it's illegal to have satellite TV in Saudi Arabia. You're supposed to get a permit for it. But guess what? Everybody has a satellite <laughs> yeah. dish on their roof. Saudi Arabia is a what? little bit guess different Guess what? They're than... streaming porn. They're streaming porn. Oh, absolutely. By the ton. Oh, gosh, yeah. God. They're ridiculous over yeah. there. I mean, I have some friends that live in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And just, just listening to what's going on over there. I mean, Dubai obviously is much more progressive than the rest of the Middle East. I do think there has got to be some way, somebody, uh, and I don't know if it's the Saudi royal family, and people, most Americans don't understand this because there's a huge schism between the Sunnis and the Shia. Huge. And they hate each other, and they were killing each other by the hundreds of thousands for for decades before we went over there and got involved in 91. And they're still going to continue to do it. But they somehow have to have a religious summit and talk and, and at least sign something that says we're going to stop killing each other. Yes. Uh, somebody has to lead that. And I don't know who's going to – you know, it, w- it would have been nice for President Obama to, to do that as opposed to go on the apology tour and uh, make it sound like America is the problem. Right, because it's already – we're already the scapegoat of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. How did they try to sell us this bill of goods to uh, a few months ago? That the Muslim Brotherhood was a progressive. Oh my God! I mean, remember oh, they tried to sell us that bullshit. Crap mm-hmm. that is. Oh come on! I mean, I can't remember the you lined up the guests, and I can't remember who it was. We talked about that very thing about the Muslim Wuko? Brotherhood. Was it Frank, Frank Wuko? Wuko I, think. I think it was Frank yeah. Wuko. I think well, Muslim right. Brotherhood was what spawned Al Zawahiri, and it was what you know uh, uh, Osama bin Laden eventually came under their spell. Um, they've been they've been preaching the overthrow and the hatred and assassination of Jews and Christians, and uh, and a lot of Muslims who disagree with them. They you know they they were behind the assassination of Anwar Sadat. Right, right. They're they're. <laughs> I just, do you think it's the moderate Muslims' job really? Like it's their place maybe to do something about the I extremists. Do. They, they because, have to they have to start policing their own country. You know, and uh, I think that the you know. Anytime you have a society, and imagine this in America, where um, you you find out one day that a a 14-year-old boy goes to a mall and blows himself up and kills a bunch of people that they they disagreed with, and the mom gets on television and holds up a photo of him and says he's a hero. Right. Right. That is how warped that culture is, that that somehow – I mean, in America, if that happens, the mom is going to go to the parish – or the synagogue, or the or the church, and find the priest that talked this kid into doing it. Right, and, and that guy is right. he's done. He's thrown in jail. He's maybe taken out back and beaten to death. Who knows? But he's not celebrated. And over there, those guys are celebrated. Those those clerics that stand up and talk those kids into saying, basically, you know what? Your your life on earth is so worthless. You're the only way to, for to salvation for you is to put this vest on and go kill all those Jews. Or, in Iraq right now, or in Afghanistan, go kill your fellow Muslims because they're a, Shi- they're a Sunni and you're a Shia and you disagree with each other, so go blow them up. 
Well, look at look at Germany. You know, back when Hitler came to power, they were destitute. Same right. situation. You're dealing with starving. a bunch of people that are starving. They feel like they've got no other choice. I think people naturally always go towards the good if they can. Yeah. But if they can't, they go towards whatever the hell is there that will show any kind of leadership. Uh, so it's them. interesting that what you just said there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I have a slightly different twist on it. Yeah. What people will typically do, or they'll do it if they're pushed in this direction, is rather than take any ownership themselves for the problems that are surrounding yeah. them, mm-hmm. if somebody stands up and forcefully says, it's not your fault, it's the Jews, the people will go, you know, right, it is. I don't feel like being blamed for this. So <laughs> right, that right, guy right, looks very convenient. Right, and, yeah. and, and in uh, Muslim worlds, uh, Muslim nations across the Middle East, you hear it all the time. Uh, Ahmadinejad is a classic. It's not your fault. It's the Americans. It's the Satan. It's the West. It's they're, they're the ones that are keeping you down. We're not in the country. We're not keeping them down. They're right. keeping them down. Right. No, there's no question about that. But they still. Well, everything comes down to power. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Well, you've done, I talked to several people about you know, organizations you talk about you know the Nazis and yeah. you go down you go online when these clerics set out to do the job in the first place. The, the, the very first step they take is they lo- locate as many mentally ill people as they oh, can find. Yes. yes, that's what they do. They find them the mentally ill because they will do whatever mm-hmm. you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And it's a very sad story. I mean, some people they they don't have the capability to reason. And so they'll go, oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, because they're hearing and seeing God anyway. Are you talking anyway. about the Wall Street movement? <laughs> <laughs> By chance? Well, there is. <laughs> How about that for media bias? How about that for yeah. media bias? Yeah, I know. I don't let's, think being a college student is legally considered mentally ill yet. <laughs> no, don't tell a lot of parents that. <laughs> Paying that much to uh, get a four-year degree that gives you very little right now? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got my degree in biochemistry. Time to go, uh, you know... Work at McDonald's for yeah, the next twenty years. Right? I don't. I don't have an affiliation with uh, either group, Tea Party or Wall Street, the Wall Street movement. But just think about it from a macro sense. Take a step back. So the Tea Party stands up and says, "You know what? We're fifteen trillion dollars in debt. Government has doubled in size in the last fifty years. Spending's out of control. Dang it! We need to get this thing going in the right direction." And they're labeled what? Radical. Radical, absolutely. Radical. And any economist will tell you other than Paul Krugman, who I, I think is an abject moron who probably can I, can I get sued idiot. for slander on the show? He's a, yes. Well, we're talking about insurance. <laughs> can I say I personal? I, I, my, in my personal opinion. There you go. That, that's that's you all go. you gotta do. In my personal opinion is a good chance that guy's a half a you know what. But uh they never address the issue, these Keynesians of the, the debt that you're giving to the next generation. It's it's generational theft. They're right. stealing that money. Right. So the Tea Party is labeled radical for, for coming up and saying something that we all kind of know. They're spending too much money. They're labeled radical. They get together. They have rallies. Uh, there's never any garbage left anywhere. They always pick it up and they leave peacefully. <laughs> Wall Street comes along. They're defecating <laughs> on squad cars. Right. They're slandering they're doing drugs Jews. everywhere. They're, they're, they're raping <laughs> yeah, women raping. in the park. They're right. doing drugs. You name it. And and the media bends over backwards to make it seem like this is perfectly normal it's and they're not the, the radical oh, yeah. ones. Right. It's crazy. I, I, I don't understand. When do we turn from America to whatever we are now? I remember back when I was a kid, it was a good thing if you worked hard and succeeded. It was a wonderful thing. Oh, look at this. Look at the success this person has had. You know what it was, Tom. There's a moment. You, and you, you, you raised these two kids right in the middle of it. Yeah. When they st- when those, when I, I'm sorry, when those lefties started taking over the school boards. 
Oh, well, and the athletic no associations yeah. and the kids stopped keeping score at, yeah. at, in soccer and bet. That was the begin. That, that should totally have been the first no, sign please. when they took dodgeball out of gym class. And yeah. I'm sorry, you know, but the, there was all dodgeball these, was brutal, no man. More dodgeball. <laughs> Stand in the back corner and I keep your dodgeball. hands in front of your face. <laughs> no, it, it, well, as you know, I talk about you know, Arbitron now because this is not a radio broadcast. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them. What they are now is everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Everybody gets to be in first place now. Well, here's your turn. Now it's your turn. Know, now it's you your know turn. what? So, though, when you've got little kids and they're all sitting there, you know, trying to play soccer and they're all huddled in the little and they can't even get the ball out of the little huddle because they don't know what yeah. they're doing. What's you kind of feel like, what's the, what, what's the point of scoring? We're learning You're soccer here. You're talking like here. four-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. You're talking yeah. T-ball. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's another story. I mean, you last... can still keep score. And I, you know, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. And my kids all left those fields when they weren't supposedly keeping score. And they all got in the car and said, we won or we lost. And it was four to three. Right. They remember. I, I know. But, so you know, but part of you, when they're little, these... you kind of want well, to let them, let them have a little bit of a free childhood See, for did, a little I, while. I disagree. Just start punching I, them I, as soon as they no, come out. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's about no, fair competition. It's about fair Stupid competition. <laughs> and, they, and they still need to know that there's a winner or a loser. And there is value in them losing and telling them, if you don't like it, you have two choices. Stop playing soccer or work harder. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me. And it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? And yes. come back and try harder next week and work on your game. But, I think this... but the, couldn't there be like a little age? Like, 
six, seven. Then you start learning yeah, four the hard lessons. Like you're, training you them, you're training them the wrong be- behavior at the at, at a very young age. I, just to tell the story very I'm quickly, I've coached my kids for years in sports, and and Aiden, my son, played flag football last year, so they got to play a game in the Metrodome. Mm-hmm. So we're playing this game. It's a seventy yard field. Blah blah blah. We get down to the last 20 seconds. We're allowed to call two timeouts. I called my first timeout about, you know, halfway through the game. Second second timeout, I call with 20 seconds left to go in the game. We're down five points. I call a timeout. The other coach went absolutely ballistic, and the other parents started screaming at me. I mean, it was embarrassing. I looked at my other parents, and I said, am I wrong here? To There's, We were allowed two timeouts. What's the problem? The- Oh, they were livid. They're like, this is a game in the Metrodome. It's supposed to be fun, and you're calling a timeout? I said, well, it's all year long. We've gotten two yeah, timeouts. Yeah. But I'm not, that's what he's talking about, is that if you start... Kids need to realize that we live in a competitive landscape. One of the greatest challenges with this country, I agree with you on this, Vince, is a lack of a competitive nature. We have an entire generation of kids, because I've tried to hire them, because I'm 41. I've tried to hire this next generation of kids that are not competitive yeah. At all, or they no, feel bad not. if they're competitive yep, sometimes. Right. Well, I'll give you an example. I started writing term limits. Five years, 60-plus rejection letters. Eventually, I had to self-publish it. Right. Yeah. I, I used to take those rejection letters and pin them up on the bulletin board of where I wrote every day, and I'd look up at them, and I'd say, I'm going to prove you guys wrong. Now, that mentality of not quitting came from my parents and, right. and my coaches and teachers at St. Thomas Academy. I don't think kids are getting enough of that. I, I think there's probably any year in this country a hundred novels that are better than anything I will ever write. And the difference is that person quits. They get ten rejection letters and they bail and they say I'm no good at this. And they just they didn't have four brothers and two sisters and a big Catholic family where you're beating the snot out of each other <laughs> and people are telling you to suck it up. And you know what? Life isn't fair. That's the bottom line. Life isn't fair. You have to work for it. And you're not always going to get what you want. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I really do. But but on the other side, the flip side is you see these little kids playing soccer and the parents are screeching and yelling and they're getting in fights in the stands. Yeah, and, and I, I mean. Not. And I, I wonder if part of that different. isn't a reaction to this whole not keeping score and everybody gets a trophy that parents, certain parents feel like they're losing their grasp on raising their own children. So they're trying to work extra hard to instill this old school attitude of you got to work, you got to run, you got to hustle. I do agree, though. That's a problem. And I learned, I remember when Dane was playing ever, traveling basketball, Edina, I started bringing a book to every game. Because I, I, we were at a game up in, uh, in Woodbury, and a parent got thrown on the gym right in front of me for actually being correct. And the ref was a complete idiot, and he tossed him out of the gym. And I said, I, I would have punched the ref, and I would have been on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, you would have been. And, and, and I would have been sued for millions. So every time one of Dane's games would start going south, I'd either start reading or I'd get up and leave the gym. Yeah. Because I couldn't take it. Right. And you can't. You're right. You can't. It's, there's too many lessons to be learned along the way. And you cannot change the course of that game sitting in the stands screaming at your son or the referee. Right. You just can't. No, but they, they, they try. <laughs> Some of them do try. And I think what's funny is the more violent the sport, the worse it is. You see it with Pop Warner football, and typically it's out in California or Arizona or yeah. Florida or Texas, and there's a bench-carrying brawl with parents at the end of the right. game. Right, exactly. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
Well, you know, throughout my life in high school, my when I quit high school, my guidance scholar said, "Just go get a job at a factory because you're never going to amount to anything." And I'll never, I never forgot that. When I first got into radio, they said, "No, you're you're not going to make it in radio. Just, you can do overnights or something like that." When I first started doing voiceover, they said, "You're never going to make it. You sound way too urban." That's what they told me. That's true. That was when you were you had you had cornered the ad market on Jerry Curl in the seventies. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, they said because of, because of the, the you know the, the tone of my voice, the pitch of my voice, I sounded too black. Yeah. So you'll never make it in voiceover. You never make it. My own general manager at KQRS, where I've been for twenty seven years now. Uh, the, after about forty five fifty days, he went to the program director and said, "Get rid of him. It's not working." You got to just get rid of them because it's not working. Most successful local radio show in the last, you know, 50 in the United years States, plus, yeah. by the about a quarter of a century. Yeah, but every one of those times, yeah, well, and, and the program director said, well, "Why don't we wait till the first ratings come out? And we'll see you, you know, what <laughs> yeah. happened. Why don't we yeah. wait till the first book comes out? And we'll go from there." Luckily, we went from a five share to a nine share, almost doubled the ratings in ninety days. Otherwise, this show would have ended. It would have ended after one and a half months. Yeah. And if you didn't have that internal no desire to it. prove people wrong, Absolutely. you would have folded. There's no question about that. It, 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 and I still hear it. You know, it's really funny. I'm, you know, c- coming to the end of my radio career now, the next, you know, four, five years, something like that. And I still hear, well, you really suck. It's like, What? Well, <laughs> what can you what can you ever achieve? Well, you can't please everybody. That's yeah, for no, sure. you can't. I mean, you, no matter I, what you do, it's a huge marketplace, and you look right. at all the different formats that are on the morning drive time dial. And I always look at it. You know, if somebody comes up to me and they they it doesn't happen very often because p- people typically want to they don't want to hurt your feelings. I laugh. You know, I'm from a big family, so I'm like, you know, I have siblings right. that don't like my books, that don't read my books. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, you know, people say to me, you know, I, I really, I, I don't like uh, thrillers. And I'm like, you don't need to explain that to me. You know, right. it's uh, go read Stephen King. It, it, it's a big marketplace. I'm never offended by somebody who wants to read Nora Roberts. I'm like, right. good for you. Right. Good for you. I don't expect everybody to read my books. Yeah. Right. And you know. there's an example of that with a local businessman, <laughs> and I'll never forget this as long as I live. He insisted uh, upon meeting me. He wanted to meet me, and I always say no. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I don't know someone. If I don't meet someone naturally, it's really uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. So finally, some friends talked me into go out on on this boat, this guy's boat on the lake. Uh, so we went out, and I leaned over. Uh, to one of the people, I said, I guarantee you he forgot something back at his house. He goes, why? Because he wants to show me his house. Yeah. That's why he wants to show me his house on Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. So he'll have forgot something. We are literally <laughs> backing out <clears throat> from the dock. And he goes, oh, you know what? I left the wine at my house. So we'll have to go to my house and pick up the wine. This house, it looked like a hotel, I bet. Yes, yeah. the house looked like a hotel. So his girlfriend comes over and she goes, so I understand you're in radio. I said, yeah. And she says, so what do you do? I said, I do a, a morning talk show. Yeah, radio. Oh, where, do you, where do you do that? <laughs> uh, I, it's a KQRS. She goes, oh, I've never heard you. I said, yeah, I understand. I understand. No need to tell me. <laughs> no need to tell me. You've never heard me. That's what. And she goes, I listen to blah, blah. And I said, uh, that's good for you. I mean, yeah. If you like that, that's Seems wonderful. Seems about your speed. And she, <laughs> Seems about your speed. And then she said again. Um, <laughs> this is a true story. We have friends that can tell you what yeah. this actually happened. But she said again, yeah, so I've never heard you. I said, yeah, I know I heard you. 
I heard you the first time. Yeah. You listen to so-and-so. That's that's good for you. Well, I just like that radio station because, I, I don't know, you know, I guess if I had heard you, I, I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she goes, what? I said, shut your fucking mouth. I've heard you five times now yeah. tell me you've never listened yeah. to me. You're not going to listen to me. I'm happy for who you listen to. So as I explained this to her, the host then comes back. He goes, what's the problem here? And I said, if your girlfriend says one more word to me, I'm going to throw her in a fucking lake. <laughs> That's the difference, okay? I I still have well, that thing in me. You sound psychotic. <laughs> but, oh well, man. there it's been said. But it, it's, it's, I swear at women and throw them in. I've me. never I've never grown that extra layer of skin that you have. That that How do I, make I can this just stop? let it go. I, 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 no, I know that's, that's in our genes, uh, Tom. That's in the gene pool. Keep pushing it. <laughs> hey, I. Uh, I was, you know, getting in public fistfights up until a couple of years ago. On the <laughs> oh, that one time at the, uh, yeah. the hotel. Yeah. I have a, that wasn't your fault, though. Well, it's never my fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, uh, I, yeah, you know, I got a bad Irish temper. But um, I, with the writing, I've never allowed myself, and we've talked about this, Tom, you know, Tom Tracy, who I went to high school with, is still my best friend. Right. And there's a bunch of guys that I hang out with um, that I've known forever before I hit it. Right. And um, and my wife keeps me unbelievably grounded. Yeah, I, one of the many thing. things I love about her is she is and she gets kind of mad at me for saying this, but she is completely unimpressed by what I do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, well. And I prefer no, it that way. Could you imagine being married to a fan? To a dish rag? It would be oh, the God. worst. It would be horrible. So, you know, I, I have that grounded family. You know, I, <laughs> I, have, uh, I, I have four brothers, and the way we speak to each other is, hey, fuck nuts, or, you know, <laughs> moron, or right. half a right. retard. Loving, you're the, you know, and, and, and that's how we express our love to each other. And trust right. me, if, if I ever started to act like I actually believed my headlines... It they would slap me down so hard. Oh yeah, you would too. Tom here for Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Saber and Bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for thirty-six months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Saber. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the ultimate wellness and weight loss program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutramost weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. You know, it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's no way to go through life. So no. what you kind of have to do is you realize, you know, we're at your house right now. And I've been over here plenty of times with my wife and the nannies mm-hmm. and Letarys, and, and, and we have that close group of friends. Mm-hmm. That's real. Right. When you go to Vegas, 
That's not real. Not real. When I go on tour, it's not real. Those people don't, they think they know me. And what's really weird, it's worse for you. For me, people think they know me because they read my book, which is very, it's it's different than what you do on the air because it's you talking. And he's there every day. And so I kind of liken it to this. People are avid fans of your show. They listen to you every day. They think that they have this extremely deep relationship with you. So when they finally meet you, they come up. And they already know you to a certain extent. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And it's basically like they're driving 60 and you're in park. And all right. of a sudden, they're like, right. Tom! And they start talking. And you're like, I don't know you. I don't want to know you. I already have enough friends. It was really weird when the kids were little, you know, and they go through all that stranger danger and don't ever oh, talk to this yeah. person. And even if they say that the dog is lost and they have the dog, you know, right. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all these strangers would come up and start talking to Tom. And they're or like... drive up to our house, yeah, remember? Or, yeah, drive yeah. up to the and, house. And they'd yeah. be like, why is Dad talking to that stranger? And it's like, um, they're I'm a still like that. It was really hard on you guys. You guys got really guys frightened, really and they didn't like it. Oh. And and people felt like they could just come up anytime. Even, even anytime. In, in when I was in like kindergarten, people would come up to me and be like, "My dad says he likes your dad. He wants to come to your house." Yeah. Like, so I was like, "What?" But you know, there's there, there's the opposite of that. Creepy. Yeah. We have a guy. One of our listeners, because I mean, there. I have made friends from the show. I yeah. Mean, we're not, you know, like hanging out together and all that. But we went to see Nick DiPaolo at the uh, the Pantages Theater. Nick is one of my favorite stand-up guys in the world. Yep. And uh, I saw a listener who was sitting in the first row. It was hard to miss him because he was wearing a KQRS baseball cap. Yeah. Right? So I went up to him and said, you know, hi, how you doing? Because he always comes to Vegas. I see him in Vegas okay. every day. His name is Chris Ketchmark. He's a doctor. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I saw Chris in the front row, so I went up and you know said hello to him, this, that, and the other thing, right? So then, when the show was over, a bunch of people came over that you know I ninety percent of them I didn't know, yeah. But you know, said hello to everybody and you know this, that, and the other thing, and and oh, I listened to the podcast, so I introduced everyone else uh, there, and uh, Chris kind of hung back and at the very end came up and said thanks for coming up and saying hello and goodbye so the next day i look on on facebook and chris had written on facebook um i I wanted to ask you a couple of questions but i I got too nervous and that hit me a different way yeah it was like he's the nicest guy in the world chris is a great guy first of all but but it's like chris you know me well enough to ask me any question you want to ask so so there's the other side of that just said just said told my wife this last weekend <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I'm probably going to get in some kind of heat. <laughs> we were at a charity event in town uh, uh, that was very sad. Um, it's called Humor for the Tumor, and, and it was Mike Nanny, who's a dear friend of both our families, had passed away mm-hmm. the night before. And um, all I wanted to do was get to Francine and Lou and you know give them a hug and tell mm-hmm. them how bad I felt for the family and, and Tino and, and Mark and Marty. And uh, Michelle and and every, you know and Sheila, uh, Mike's oh God, Mike's yeah. widow, and uh, every five steps I was getting grabbed. Yeah, and people yeah. wanted to just talk and you know, could you please sign this? Would you come speak at this charity event? And uh, I was actually talking to Francine, you know, who just lost her son, and some guy starts tugging on my sleeve. Yeah, and I turn around, and the guy's like, you know, can, can I? And I said, give me about. You know, there are a couple of minutes. I mean, I, I thought I, I probably looked like I was going to strangle him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I said to Lisa later, I said, you know what I've realized? It's the weird people that want to yeah. come up and just bar whatever you're doing. They don't care. No, they and don't they care. barge right in on whatever conversation. I, I We've talked about this. Nothing pisses me off more than somebody who comes up and interrupts Lisa and I. Oh, yeah. And looks me in the eye and starts blabbing and doesn't bother to say to my wife, excuse me, or yeah, something. She's not even there. Oh, I've actually no. had people push me aside. It's, just you know, push me. And I'm like, so Why I started to not them? feel bad about it. Here's, I started to realize these people, it's not about me. It's about them. It's all about them. And yeah. so I've just said, you know what? I, I'm just going uh, to sit in my house and drink wine. <laughs> well, you know, it's a situation where, where you and I and you know, the people we know, we're very grateful for the fans and for the readers because yeah. they gave us everything we have. They, they gave our families everything we have. It's that one group of people, like you said, where it's all about them that yeah. drives you fucking crazy. And I, I would, I, I agree with what you said. There, I've met a lot of great fans over Absolutely. the years that are really nice, interesting, genuine people uh, to the point where you know, in certain cities, I'll have dinner with them. Right when I'm when I'm traveling, right, right, and right. they're they're great people. And, and locally, I've met a lot of great people that way, but. Uh, some people just don't get the boundaries. No, they don't. You it's know? true. We've kept you for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> this is unbelievable. That's well, fine. you'll come back on. Absolutely. Yay. Okay, the name of the new book. <laughs> the Last Man. November 13th. And if you go to my website, VinceFlynn.com, okay. we're going to give away one advanced reader's copy every Friday from now until the book pubs November 13th. If we send And we'll tweet. link to your... Uh, to your deal, too. We'll link to yours, too. Okay. Just so you know, Vince. So we'll, link, we'll, we'll link to linking. his website from our website. <laughs> and just so I you know, I, I understand none of this. No, I understand. But if, <laughs> you, if don't you can have let to. the people know that we're, we're going to send a tweet to your Twitter page. Okay. So if they could just retweet it. They don't even have to write anything. They'll just retweet it to let your fans know that you're on. Got it. So that'll work. That'll work very, very well. So I don't know who does that or whatever. David Brown, who is, uh, he's great. Oh, good. So he does, does he handles it all. stuff. Yep. David, thank you, by the way, for noticing this. <laughs> a portion of the profits of the Tom Bernard Podcast goes directly to the Smile Network. The Smile Network is a nonprofit organization that provides life-altering, reconstructive surgeries and related health care services to impoverished children and young adults in developing countries. The Smile Network, together, we are constructing lives one bright, smiling face at a time. The Tom Bernard Podcast giving away $5,000 on October 11th to one of our lucky listeners. And we'll give a matching donation to the Smile Network. All you have to do to enter is go to our website, TomBernardPodcast.com. Click on the banner or the Enter Now button. The contest promotes sharing the podcast through Facebook, Twitter, email, and more. We'll contact the winner of $5,000 on October 11th, and you'll be interviewed on the show. The 30-day giveaway of the $5,000 at TomBernardPodcast.com. Ha ha, you waved your arms and it didn't work. Ah, rats. Yeah, you tried to get me to screw We're we're making you mentally stronger. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Vince Flynn. Thank Thank you to Chris. Thank you, Vince. He was on the... the, Thank uh, you for having me. And Chris Cluey. 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 I will see him on Sunday. You'll see him on Sunday at the game. From afar. Maybe he'll kick you a From ball afar. or something. You, let, let me ask <laughs> right you a question. To the face. Let me ask you a question. Something that Dan told oh, you. Oh, you have to meet Alex's oh, boyfriend. Oh, no. Dan told you oh. what? He told me. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. Boyfriend. Her. She sits up in her chair. <laughs> what did he say? He told me you want to try out to be a Viking cheerleader. What? It's Tramp. a joke. <laughs> 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 Tom, I'm glad I, you spent all those thousands of dollars yeah. on dancing lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Going to good use. No, it's just I want to go try out. I don't want to be one. 
What? I just want to go through the tryout process <laughs> with all of I've them. I've given Sophie well, that you know, it's, such a, it's such a weird little... You have to know about like dancing. It's not a little bit like an act, uh, like an alcoholic saying, "I want to go to that meth house," and I'm not actually <laughs> going to try the meth. I just want to see what it looks well, like inside. The thing is, is they're, <laughs> they're so bad. Like the Vikings cheerleaders are don't bad. They're bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> They don't do wow. anything very well. I'm sorry. Right. Like, they shake not, their pom poms. Yeah, but their <laughs> audition process is so hard. It's is it really? It's really, really weird. You have to be a really good dancer to be a Viking cheerleader or whatever, dancer cheerleader. But it, like, to actually, what they actually do is not difficult, and they don't do it well. They tell them to do things kind of poorly. So you're going to go change but the whole it's so, program? No, I don't want to change it. I don't want to be a Vikings cheerleader. I want to, Emily, my friend Emily that I've danced with for years. Is this going in the show? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's cool. She wants to have a That is cool. Thank you. Thank you. Big brother. Indeed. That is Jesus. really cool. Should we cut this out? <laughs> well, we have to be careful, too, because we have friends who, who, who have daughters or had daughters on dance lines. Yes, and, and cheerleaders. Well, the Timberwolves many ones are good. We know Bianca Lettieri. Great good. recovery. Great recovery. Yeah, that's well played. Fantastic. No, it's, a, it's a thing that's in the dance. That's not what you were saying before we started this. <laughs> that's God. exactly right. No, it's a thing in the dance world that like football cheerleaders are kind of a joke. Okay. Okay. I just want to have a lark. I didn't know that. I, I guess I wasn't giggle. aware of that. I was, I was aware of that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now you know in the dance they world. They wear skimpy little things, and there's like a bikini Maybe instead contest. of dropping my girls off at their so dance weird. lesson yeah. every week, I should go in there and hang out with oh. all the moms. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and get, get get my <laughs> finger on the pulse of the dance world, and you I would should. have known yeah. that. Like in cheerleader world. Yeah. No, basketball dancers are good, though. Okay. That's They're, good to know. Because dance moms are very sane, as opposed to football <laughs> yeah. and soccer moms. So <laughs> they don't have anything invested. Just thousands of dollars every year, countless hours. Yes. It's a weird uh, little uh, world. Uh, 20 grand in outfits they'll never wear more than once in their life. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Well, and we'll end the podcast with Vince Flynn by saying, is this all really going on the show? <laughs> Yes. No, that was your son. I didn't it say was. that. <laughs> yeah. It was Andy. Thank that was Big you. Brother. Andy. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>